Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Stand to your feet. I want to deal with a subject this morning. Part number three of a series of sermons. Today we're going to deal with it's time to take your stand. Not a stand, but your stand. Amen. Each and every one of you have situations and circumstances that you as an individual have got to take your stand. Amen. I do want to ask for the prayers of this church. We, f- we believe in fulfilling the entire commission, which is feed the hungry, clothe the naked. We were talking about this yesterday. Amen. He also said, when I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you visited me. We started prison ministry last month. Uh, Thursday night was our second time. We're supposed to go in once a month. But while we was preaching, revival broke out in that prison. Spirit of God began to move and prisoners began to come. Uh, and I'm telling you, I can't explain the atmosphere. There's a prisoner in the prison, and I'm I'm telling you this because I told them I was going to have my church body praying for for them. But anyway, they have a a prisoner there, and he is their pastor, if you will. He's the the go-to, the spiritual guy there. He's been there for four or five years or longer, and uh, he's like the spiritual leader. And when that service is over, he said, I've been praying for this for four years. I've been praying for this kind of move for four years, and it has come. So it was such a move of God, we're going to go ahead and go back next week. And I need you to back us up in prayer. Will you do that? Just praying for God to break strongholds in that prison. Guys coming to him with stuff you just would not believe. But we believe we're going to see that thing turned upside down. Help me pray, all right? I also want to encourage you, we've gone into the Christmas season. Amen. It's done been alluded to that our economy is what it is. Money just don't grow on trees, does it? <laughs> Amen. And instead of enjoying the season of family and, and, and love and giving, sometimes families go into depression and oppression because you cannot give like you want to give. You can't buy your kids what you really want them to have. But can I share something with you? You have the greatest gift anybody could ever give. Amen? When God got ready to bless the earth and give it a gift that could not be touched, he wrapped himself. Are you following me? And he gave himself as a gift that just keeps on giving. Anything you could buy and put under that tree is going to break, wear out, or become obsolete. But you have something, amen, that is invaluable that you can give your family, and it's you. You. Give them time. Give them, give them, give each other each other this year. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. And don't fret about what you're not able to give and go overboard in just giving to one another and sharing the love of God, and it's going to help you through this Christmas. Is that fair enough? Don't get caught up in the peer pressure. All right? Okay, it's time to take your stand. Grab your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter number 5, verse number 8. The Bible says, Be sober, 
Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. James chapter number four and verse number seven. James four and seven. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Are you ready for a word this morning? Father, we just thank you now for the opportunity to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray, oh Lord God, that all my preferences and biases, oh Lord God, and personal opinions could be laid aside, that nothing but your will and your word could be declared from this platform this morning. And I pray over this congregation, Lord, that they'll not be sermonized today, God, but that they, oh Lord God, would be infiltrated with revelation. Let there be an impartation in this body that we leave here stronger because of it, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. While you're being seated, tell your neighbor it's time to take your stand. It's time. It's time. Well, we spent uh, two weeks dealing with the reality of the invisible world of the Spirit. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says that we don't look at the things which are seen but we look at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen or the things which are visible are temporal. But the things which are invisible, they are eternal. In other words, oh, you got to get this this morning. If we're going to be successful as a spiritual, born-again believer, it's imperative that we have a greater understanding of this eternal spiritual world that we have been born into. Amen? But to the contrary, if we've learned anything in the last few weeks of preaching, it's the fact that our own unawareness of the reality of its existence and its influence on the natural world we live in has rendered us ineffective and unproductive in advancing the kingdom of God. In our first sermon, if you remember, we learned that angels of God were created by God to minister to you. Hebrews chapter number one, right? Verse number 14. They were created by God to minister to the heirs of salvation. They are, if you will, the extension of God. They're his strength. They're his protection. They're his provisions to the believer. Amen. Matthew 18, 10 says that your personal, this is a cool scripture, that your personal angels are in constant contact with your father in heaven. In other words, you have your own personal representative according to the word of God. You have your own personal representative before God on your behalf at all times. Therefore, you can't fall through the cracks. Huh? Ain't that good? You can't be forgotten. I mean, who, who can figure out God? Amen? Who can explain God? He's omnipotent. He's everywhere at the same time. 
But sometimes you might wonder, how can God keep up with every individual and know what their needs are or situations are at any given moment? Well, the Bible says that you have an angel standing before him that is there to represent nobody else. Nobody else. Amen. So God's not a God that he could forget. Amen. And he sure can't forget if your representative is there at all time reminding him, hey, what about old Helen over there? Amen. What about Helen over there? Somebody say, that's good. Matter of fact, we done preached out of Psalms 91, for he shall give his angels charge over to you to keep you in all your ways. He has commanded them, he has charged them, he has appointed them to stand guard over you, to keep you, to strengthen you, to protect you. Psalms 34, 7 says, And the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him, and he delivers them. Amen? I'm having a hard time leaving that sermon from two weeks ago because I think it's awesome. It's changing my life to know no matter what I'm in or what I'm going through, I got angels that are just camped out. They're just camped out. They're just camped out to strengthen me, to minister to me. So as born-again believers, you have friends in high places. Oh, that's worth shouting about, ain't it? Amen. I don't care what your social circle is. I'm telling you, you got friends in high places whose assignment is to minister to you 24-7. They are the obedient servants of God himself who have been charged to make sure that nothing overpowers you and nothing overcomes you. I'm going to say that again. They have been assigned to you to make sure that nothing overpowers you and nothing overcomes you. Amen. Now, do not be confused because these angels are not there to take you out of everything and to make sure nothing happens to you. They're there, amen, to make sure that no matter what happens to you, there is going to be a strength there's going to be a wisdom. Oh, is anybody listening to me? God could have took Paul out of the Eurachlodon. He could have took him out of the storm when it was about to sink the ship. But God left Paul in the storm and sent an angel in the storm to tell Paul, don't worry about it, you ain't going to drown. You ain't going to drown. Your ship may sink, but you ain't going to drown. Somebody will tell your neighbor right now, don't worry about it. You ain't going under. Oh, it's somebody's word right there. You ain't going under. Oh, but you don't understand. This storm is threatening my life. I tell you, there's angels there, and you may have to get a broken part of your ship, kick your little feet all the way to the shore. Oh, somebody ought to get a hold of that right there. Just go ahead and start paddling your feet because God said you coming out of there. My God, I feel something in that. This thing wasn't sent to destroy you. My God, you said, where's my angel at? Where's my angel at? He's right there with you. Matter of fact, he's going to use it to bring glory to God. Huh? God could have stopped Daniel from going into the lion's den. Amen. But he chose to allow him to go into the den and he had to stay there all night long. But the Bible says God sent angels to shut the mouths of the lions. 
Amen. See, see, we have misappropriated our faith. We think faith is a credit card. Just swap it. Took care of that. Took care of that. Are y'all okay this morning? We've misappropriated faith that we think faith is a deterrent from trouble coming into our life. When in reality, faith is tapping into my source in the midst. Oh, I can't preach it like I feel it this morning. That's what faith is all about. So, in other words, you got your own personal bodyguard. Huh, Benny? Benny used a bodyguard one time. You kill a man with your hands, can't you? That's the reason he's my best friend in this church. <laughs> he talks, if I agree or not, I just say, yes, sir. Trained to kill a man with his hand. You got bodyguards that are around you that are warriors from the eons of the world and they know how to handle your situation. Amen? Your own personal bodyguard. Don't that make you feel important? You're just walking around out there with help. God, that's good stuff. Just walking around with help. We learned in the second sermon that just as sure as there is angelic presence around you at all times, there's also angelic darkness around you at all times. There are angels, they're, they're lurking around to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's why Peter said, hey, hey, be sober. Oh, oh, be sober, be vigilant. Are you, you, you better be very aware. You can't walk around with your head stuck in the sand. You need to be conscious that there's evil activity going on around you. Somebody better get this word right now because if you're not, you won't, work, you won't walk circumspectly. If you don't realize there's a booby trap there, you'll walk right through the middle of it instead of saying, oh, wait a minute, I see that. Be sober, be vigilant. You gotta be aware. They're here this morning. They're around you, amen. They're gonna be in your car when you, when you, with you when you start home, amen. They're gonna try to be the third party in the conversation between you and your spouse. Oh, some of y'all missed that. You better get a hold to it, amen. He, he's there to interject his thoughts, amen. It's amazing to me how uh, my words that I speak to my wife can be intercepted in midair. And when they leave my mouth, they're distorted when they go in her ear. Can I get an amen right there from you gentlemen? And she heard something I did not say. Doug, am I right about it? <laughs> I figured he just sat there and wouldn't move. Hey man, are you listening to me? Because he's always there. Isn't it amazing when a brother can mean one thing, but you think he meant another thing? Come on, I'm preaching right now, amen. When a sister said one thing, but you heard it said a different way. I mean, it amazes to me how all we do now is text. And it's dangerous because I may send the text in one spirit, but you may have another spirit that reads the same words in a different spirit. Ah, oh, now look at that attitude. Really? How you know I got attitude? 
Boy, it's just real, ain't it? It's just real because because the, 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 there's an enemy. There's an enemy. There's evil activity lurking around at all times to try to distort and to steal. P- Peter said there has to be a constant awareness of it. I have to be vigilant like a soldier. At all times, I know I, I got to be conscious of my, that my enemy is present and he's lurking and he's stalking the weak and the vulnerable. He's taking advantage of whomever and wherever he can. He's an opportunist, always looking for an opportunity to wreak havoc, amen, on the children of the Most High God. He's after you. And one of his greatest, most productive weapons is our own ignorance. That's right. One of the, the, the genius of our enemy is to keep you not believing in him. He, he, he don't want you to recognize him. Matter of fact, uh, uh, he capitalizes on the fact that we are ignorant of his presence and of his evil activity in our lives, amen. And, and you may think you're too holy for all that. I got news for you. The Bible says that when God gathers the sons of God together in heaven, that Satan showed up right in the midst of them, and God said, devil, what are you doing here? What have you been doing? Amen. He said, I've been walking to and fro. I'm just looking for somebody to destroy. Let me tell you, you don't never get so holy that there's not evil activity going on around you. Oh, somebody better get a hold of that, amen. You better get a hold of that. You ain't never so holy that some of your thoughts is not provoked from an unholy world. From, a, from, a, from an evil influence. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, Less sa- oh God, y'all gotta get this scripture. Lest Satan should get advantage of us. Did y'all get that? Lest Satan should get advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his advice uh, devices. Uh, advantage means any state or circumstance favorable to success or superiority. So what Paul is saying, that being ignorant of Satan's devices and evil activity, it gives him superiority. It gives him the advantage over you. Oh my God, are y'all with me? Amen. The fact that you don't recognize that it's him, it gives him the advantage over him. Amen. It's like being in a race with him and he gets a head start. He gets to start way up ahead of you. Amen. He has the advantage over you because you fail to recognize and realize that he is at work all around you. Hebrews 4, I mean, uh, Hosea 4 and 6 put it this way. My people are destroyed. Huh? My people are being destroyed because of what they're not aware of. They're they're being destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So we learned in the second week of this series that there is evil activity all around us. Satan is the source of all bondage, every addiction, every sickness, and every disease. Can y'all receive that this morning? Satan is the manipulator. He's the accuser of the brethren. Tell me he ain't in our churches. Tell me he ain't fighting between our churches. He, he is a manipulator. He is a promoter and a provoker of division, racism, sectarian, sectarianism, bigotry, hatred. 
He is the source of every divorce, every fatherless children. Satan is the father of every evil thought, every temper tantrum thrown. Uh, look at your holy self now. Huh? That little temper tantrum you thrown through was demonic by nature. Ooh, you can't be, you can't be serious. Huh? Well, it sure wasn't godly. Huh? Well, it's just my nature. No, it's the promoter and a provoker from hell. Amen. I'm not saying you possessed. I'm just saying you impressed. <laughs> Tweet that, Josh. Tweet that. That was good. Huh? Yeah, you ain't possessed, but there was an evil impression upon your heart and upon your mind. Every gossip session, demonic by nature. Uh, now look at your holy self. Boy, this is just getting real now. Yeah, you know, when you got to talking to the sister about the other sister you wanted her to pray about? Huh? There's some things we need to pray about. Look, I need you to join together with me. Let's pray. Amen. It's demonic by nature. Amen. Gossip is an evil influence that is working and lurking and he's seizing every opportunity he can. He is the root of every bad mood. Man, it's getting too deep this morning. Yes, sir, devil, the devil, Satan. He's all around you, amen, and he loves to party, especially pity parties, every pity party, amen. You can count on it. If you could see, he's over in the corner, amen, uh, and right between his horns is a party hat. Boot, boot. He's blowing that little thing. Amen. He's just right in there with it. He's promoting the party. He's provoking the party. He's right in the middle of it. Satan is the root of insecurity. He is the root of intimidation. Come on now. I'm trying to expose something because you will not resist what you cannot recognize. I'm here to tell you, your enemy is infiltrating the world you live in and he must be recognized and he must be dealt with. He must be addressed. Peter said he must be resisted if you want to see him flee. The problem is we're seeing all these little scenarios. It's just natural everyday life instead of recognizing it as the devil that it really is. So we never resist it and it takes up residence in our everyday life. Oh, my God, help me. Peter said, resist the devil. To resist actually means to stand against. It means to withstand. An army resists the progress of an enemy by actively encountering and defeating it. It is time, tell your neighbor right now, high five them and tell them, it is time to take your stand. It's time to take your stand. My God, listen to this. Uh, uh, Mark chapter number three, verse number 27. It says, no man can enter into a man's house and spoil his goods except he will. Oh, help me, help me, church. Amen. T tell your neighbor first things first. 
First things first. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta bind the strong man and then you can take back what belongs to you. Amen. There is some peace that belongs to you that your enemy has stolen from you and he deposited depression and oppression in your life. You gotta realize I gotta bind that devil and take back what he has taken away from me. And you may be saying, well, look, the only reason I'm down and out is because I don't have a job and I don't have a money. No, no, no. All that's natural circumstances uh, that the enemy will use uh, to bring you under oppression. And if you'll bind the enemy, you can have peace when I don't have a job. I can have joy. Somebody shout his time. He said in Matthew 16, 19, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. To bind means to confine or to strain, uh, restrain. He said, I'm giving you the power to take your stand. I'm here to declare, church, it is time for some of you to take your life back. It's time for some of you to take your joy back, your healing back, and your peace back, but it will not be taken without confrontation. Mm. Luke 10, 19, you better be putting this in your arsenal now. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over what? How much? They ain't nothing that the devil can throw your way that this scripture, this promise says, I have given you the might, the ability to tread upon, to destroy all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I do know, amen, you're gonna have to confront this situation, realize there is a demon behind it and deal with it accordingly. Not you're gonna carry this thing to your grave. I ain't saying you ain't going to heaven. God's just taking this church to a level of victory, walking in dominion. Amen. I'm trying to get somewhere and I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Luke 11, 20 through 22. Jesus said these words, Luke eleven twenty. 20. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are at peace. But when, but when, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divides his spoils. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're stronger than he is. You're stronger than he is. You are stronger than he is. Why? Because Christ is dwelling in you. And if God be for us, greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. You're not winning the battle because you're not engaging the enemy. Oh my God, help me. Okay, okay, here's what we're trying to get to. How do we initiate the battle and engage our adversary, the devil? I need to know. I need some practical ways how I can engage my enemy. Well, it's found in Ephesians chapter number six, beginning in verse number 10. The first thing you must do is prepare yourself for the battle at hand. 
Verse number 10, Ephesians 6 and 10. You must prepare yourself for the brother. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The scripture just said that your enemy is the strong man who keeps his palace in your house and keeps all his goods until a stronger than he comes upon him. In other words, you must be stronger than your enemy. You must be stronger than your enemy. You know what wins wars? Strength. You know what wins battles? Strength. The question is, how strong are you? Amen? Maybe that's why you're not winning that battle. You're not strong enough. Boy, that is good right there, isn't it? Oh, I see. It's not that God don't answer prayers. It's that I'm not strong enough to exercise this demon out of my life. I'm not strong enough to exercise him out of your life. Maybe that's why sickness is prevailing and the devil's turned it all around to get you to accuse God when in reality, God's not the problem. It's just this is heavyweight stuff that I have not been trained and I don't, I'm not strong enough to conquer because the Bible plainly says when a stronger than he comes, Oh my God, are are y'all ready for this? The question is, how spiritually fit are you? Remember, the disciples could not cast the devil out. You wanna know why? Because they weren't strong enough. They were not spiritually fit because they asked Jesus, why could we not cast out the devil? And Jesus said, because you're not spiritually fit. You're not strong enough. These things only come by Oh my God, are y'all catching this this morning? Amen. So we can sit in a defeated life. We can go on blaming God because we're not seeing the results in our life when in reality, all we need to go do is go to anytime spiritual fitness. Because you can go anytime. Oh, that's good. You, oh, we're going to get us a T-shirt. You got a card. All you got to do is swipe it. Oh, my God. We own to something here. And you can go right into the presence of God and work out all you want to. Somebody ought to help me. Why? Why? Because I got to go. And they said, I want to be able to bench press 180 pounds. I'm working on it, y'all. What are you laughing at? You little worm. He probably works out with 180. Huh? I don't, I don't know, whatever it is. I don't know how much I'm supposed to bench press, amen. But I know one thing, the only way I'm gonna get there is spend time in any time fitness until I get stronger and stronger and stronger. Is anybody listening to me? So the first thing you gotta do, finally, my brother, you gotta put on some strength. You gotta put on some strength. Amen. All you weekend warriors and Sunday morning Christians that don't understand why I'm not able to overcome, well, we're gonna be working out tonight at six. Oh, that ain't gonna go over very good. We're gonna be working out on Wednesday night. Amen. And we're gonna be pouring strength out. Amen. Just don't understand why I ain't walking in dominion. I'll tell you why. I ain't seen you at any time lately. 
Oh, God, I got to move on, but this is too much. Amen. We just got to get real. I'm telling you, God is God all by himself. Amen. He's an overcomer and he's a conqueror and he's ready for his church to rise up and get spiritually fit. Amen. To be strong in the Lord and the power of his might until demons, somebody ought to help me, start bowing and fleeing. Demons let go of our prison, our parish. Hey, somebody get on your feet and take your stand. Take your stand. Can, can, can I help you right now? You don't need another counseling session. You need another workout. Pray, pray. You gotta work out a little bit. So, you gotta take your stand. My God, it's just you ain't strong enough. My God, ain't this the, the, the deepest, shallowest stuff you've ever heard? You gotta, you gotta stray. My God, I, God, I just run out of time. I hate it. Right, give me this, Nisha. I should have gave you my scriptures. Isaiah 52 and one. 52 and one, here's one for you. Matter of fact, we'll do one and two. Wake up! Somebody shake your neighbor and tell them, wake up! Boy, y'all an irresponsive bunch this morning. <laughs> Wake up and, and do what? Get up. Get up and go to Anytime Fitness. Get up and go to Anytime Fitness. You tired of being beat up? You tired of temper tantrums? You tired of the enemy robbing your mind? Wake up. Wake up. Go put on some string. Put on beautiful garments. Oh my God, give me the next verse. Amen. Shake yourself from the dust. Get up. Sit down. <laughs> Amen, which means take your position and do what? Do what? Somebody read it with me. Loose yourself. My God, the devil is a liar. I love you, brother. Amen, but I, I, I can't put my stock in you. I gotta be able to break some stuff off myself. Oh my God, I love you and you're gonna be there for me, but sometimes you won't return my calls. You won't answer my tag. So I just gotta take this thing on all by myself. I'm gonna lose, oh, somebody help me. I'm just gonna break this thing myself. I ain't gonna be depressed today. I will, devil. I bind you in the name. My God, shout at somebody, loose yourself. Loose yourself. Loose yourself. You ain't on your own. You got angels. Break it, break it, break it. Break it, loose yourself. Be strong. What a, what a preacher. Be strong. Man up, you wimp. I'm here mealy-mouthing around. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. That bottom lip. God gave me a big bottom lip. It's just quick. Huh? Can I help you right now? Hey, can't nobody do nothing for you. They can't nobody do nothing for you because all they got's words. All they got's words, amen? And they can be a Hallmark card if you want, amen? But that Hallmark, well, all it does is console you in your consumption. 
Oh my God, there's this stuff. Amen. That's all it does, and it leaves you where you are. You don't need another Hallmark card. You need another trip to Anytime Fitness and say, I'm going to get stronger than this thing. This bondage ain't going to keep me. This addiction ain't going to hold me. I'm going to keep on, keep on, keep on. Matter of fact, I found out by studying commercial. I found out by studying the scripture where it says the anointing will break the yoke. It actually means destroy the yoke. <laughs> that is an oriental uh, connotation and denotation that anointing means fat. Break it down in your own Bible. It actually means fat. And it alluded to an oxen who wears a yoke and they would eat and get so fat and muscular that it would break the yokes off of them. So the connotation is the fatter you get in Christ, the more muscular you get in Christ, the stronger you get in Christ. It breaks the yokes off of you all by yourself. God. You guys with a body like mine, y'all understand this. I have to be careful with my clothes. That wasn't a joke. You know, you got to be careful how you flex. Does anybody else have this problem? Because what's on the inside busts out on the outside. This ain't going over very good. Are y'all following me? You need to help me preach right now. Tell your neighbor. You need to buff up a little bit. That's the thing nowadays. This millennial generation, they're, they're possessed with buffing up. I saw, all I see is insecurity. But anyway, they just want to buff up. Amen. We need that craze going on in the spirit realm to where everybody's wanting to buff up and everybody's wanting to be strong. Oh my God. Everybody wants to be strong and everybody wants to be a winner and everybody wants to be victorious and everybody wants to be an overcomer. So he said, first of all, let's go back to Ephesians. Now you know, there's enemy to recognize. Now you know he's a strong man. Now you know a stronger than thee is he is the only one that can overcome him. And I ain't got time to preach it, but I would preach that Jesus is the stronger than he that has already overcome him. And he's given you the keys to begin to dominate what he has already overcome. That will preach all day long. All he needs you to do is be strong enough to be a good steward of the field that's already been taken. Oh! That's right. And then he said, okay, or something else. First of all, you got to get strong. And getting strong sometimes is it, it's more mentally and spiritually. It's not physically at all. And some of you can't get strong mentally without going to anytime fitness. And so God will put you in adverse surroundings to make you strong mentally. Oh, somebody got to get a hold of this. Amen? If you don't never go through nothing, you can't never get stronger. And we think faith is to keep us from going through stuff when faith is actually the resources that I use while I'm going through something and my skin is getting real tough about now. How about yours? Why? Because I done been through some stuff. 
I got some scars to prove it. So sometimes putting on strength is a lot, God allowing you to go through some stuff where there can't nobody else bail you out. See, we want to be bailed out every time we go through something. Oh, Bell, give me some money. Give me this. Give me that. Give me that. I need an accountability partner. We want to be bailed out. When in reality, sometimes God lets us go through the Red Sea, through the fire furnace, through the lion's den to build something in you. Oh, my God, I ain't got time to work this like I want to. So number one, number two, I'm supposed to do all of the end of Ephesians, but I'm not going to do it, so don't pass out. Amen. That little baby's probably getting hungry. My little grandbaby over here. Did y'all know I'm going to have another grandbaby? This is a good time to give the Lord a great big hand praise. Hey, God's good all the time. So the second thing you got to do in verse number 11 is you can't even go to battle until you get dressed. You got to put on the whole, huh? Somebody shout whole, whole, amen. I know you say, but that ain't enough. Thank God you got your little helmet of salvation on, but if you go to war with your little helmet on and you're nude from here down, it ain't gonna work out too good. You need to get some shoes and bare feet. Huh? Boy, I got a mental picture of that, did y'all? That was funny. What I saw in my mind was funny. <laughs> huh? Thank God you're saved. Well, what good is it to be saved if you live in hell all your life? Oh, God, that was okay, amen. Yeah, you're going to heaven, but what about putting on the whole armor and bring some heaven to this earth instead of being beat up all the time, walking around with no shoes on? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't fight like that. He said, let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means I'm getting, I'm putting on shoes of preparation. I'm getting ready for what I may walk through. I'm not going to get out in the middle of it and say, oh my God, I don't have on the right shoes. Huh? For all you guys, I shouldn't have worn my high heels. Huh? Yeah, we just tipping around. <laughs> Stay with me, Mike, it'll get better. He said, no, you got to put on shoes, amen, that, that are geared towards and in expectation, you're going to get out on the battlefield. That'll work right there. Expectation, why? Because there's evil activity all around me, so I can't get out there and expect the enemy to wait till I get my shoes on. I gotta get my word open, and I gotta get my feet shod with what God said. Somebody shout, it's time to take a stand. Why we gotta put on the armor of God? Verse number 12, because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh my God, Dustin gave me a testimony. I ain't gonna bust you out. I'm bad about it, though of a situation he had to handle. It was against a person, but he decided not to fight the person and go into the spirit realm and God brought change to it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You fighting the wrong person if you're fighting a person. Oh my God. We're against principalities, powers. I done preached all that. Rulers of the darkness, spiritual weakness in high places. 13, wherefore, take the whole armor of God. Take the whole armor of God. Somebody read it with me. That you may be... In other words, you cannot stand without the whole armor. You cannot stand if you're not strong enough. So you can't no longer blame God, your husband, your wife, your community, your boss, or anybody else. If you're not winning, it's because you're not strong enough. That is a revelation you need to get. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to be stinking lazy, 
and continue to live a defeated life? Or are you finna say, I'm going to the gym? I'm finna strengthen up. I'm finna get strong. Amen. I ain't gonna have to call back up every time I need help. I'm gonna get strong so I can win this battle on my own. I'm not against, we're, tonight we're going to teach on community. You ain't going to miss that. It's, it's, it's all about community. But still, yeah, every member of the community needs to be strong because you're only as strong as your weakest link. I can tell you what, God's got this great big chain and he's pulling life church to where he wants it to go. Amen. And the chain may break, but I tell you where it ain't going to break. Woo! I can tell you what ain't going to break. It ain't going to break right here. It ain't going to break right here. Take the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand even today. And having done all to stand, somebody shout, it's time to take your stand. Having done all to stand, take your stand. Having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You think he ain't actively at work around you? He's constantly shooting arrows at you. Amen? Constantly. He is an accuser of the brethren. Now, I don't want y'all to answer this question, but I do want you to be honest to yourself. How many in the last week, because maybe one of your brothers and sisters didn't fulfill your expectations that you had an evil thought. Just, just in last week. And what I mean by evil thought is, hmm, they must not love me like they think, like they say. They must not care about me like they say. Hmm. Oh, y'all's minds, it's just a working in the wonder. You know what that was? Fiery dark. Your spouse, your wife, your husband. He's constantly shooting. He's constantly trying to divide a church. And if you are a weak, vulnerable Christian, you're going to buy into it every time. I've seen people leave churches over hypothetical situations that never even existed. But because Satan is the accuser of the brethren... The church got a bad name. The pastor got a bad name because of weak Christians sitting on the pew. Woo, he's preaching now. Bible says the devil just takes you captive at his own will. He just marches right into your house, does what he wants to do. You and your saved Holy Ghost filled tongue-talking self. Just does what he wants to, says what he wants to, and you just read it like the National Enquirer. Oh, my God, it's got to be true. Thank you, sir. It's got to be true. That's just, I know that's what he's thinking. That's what he's thinking. That's what, that's what they are about me. They don't really love me down at Life Church. He's an accuser of the brother. And the only reason, and here's the other thing. You, I, you ever hear somebody say, I don't understand why the devil's always picking on me. Well, I'm going to give you a revelation because you're the weakest in the bunch. Shout now. That was my little dance, in case y'all didn't recognize it. Because you're the weakest in the bunch. You ever watch National Geographic, the Animal Kingdom show or whatever it is? That lion, as fierce as he is, he's looking for the weakest in the bunch. 
That's why he's always picking on you because you are easy prey. What would you do if you was in the mall and you and your buddy decided y'all going to go whoop somebody? So, all right, you're standing there. Here's all these guys. We're going to whoop somebody tonight. Pick out the one you want to whoop. Which one are you going to pick out? <laughs> Tammy said the little one. I'll tell you who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick somebody who I think I have the advantage over. Amen? Whose physical features are screaming, I'm a weenie. I'm not finna go tackle that Zach. <laughs> huh? Who's gonna tackle Zach? <laughs> Unless you feel like you are stronger than him. Are you getting my point? You wanna know why the devil's constantly knocking on your door? One of our great foundings of our nation says, I can't remember the quote, but our strength will be our greatest defense because people don't jump on strong nations. Amen. That's why the devil plays with your mind while you're driving down the road. That's why you're always at odds against somebody. That's why, amen, you can't never get a break because he's attracted to your weakness. I got the remedy this morning. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And it's a repellent against attack. Oh, I'm not saying you ain't never going to get attacked because he'll scrape up enough buddies. To attack. Finally, my brother, I got to quit. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quit all the fire dust of the field. Take the helmet of salvation. Here's where I was supposed to preach, verse number 17. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's your weapon. Don't matter how strong you are, amen. Don't matter how much you pray. You can put on all this strength, but you have one offensive weapon that causes you to fight back in advance, and it's the Word of God. If you don't know the Word, you are a weak, vulnerable, susceptible prey for your enemy. You got to know how to wield a sword. I'm so amazed that people I talk to that tell me there's there there the Bible says something about He won't never leave me nor forsake me, and that's all they know. We have a general idea of things we've heard rather than having a sword for every battle. In other words, it's not enough to be able to shout. Speak in tongues, praise God, dance, sing the worship songs. Whatever you're dealing with, if you can't pull out a word, you have nothing, are you following me, to destroy your enemy with. What are you dealing with? You gotta have a word on it. If not, he's going to continue to do. Because when you start speaking the word, you're now swinging a sword. God, isn't that good? You're now swinging a sword. Amen. And you can't swing a random sword. 
You got to have a sword that is tailor-made to attack your specific devil. As a matter of fact, I didn't get it done this week, and I'm not going to do it for you unless you want me to do it for you. As soon as this is over, I want you to put up a sign-up sheet in the foyer or somebody, okay? Somebody get that done for me? I preached a message here about four or five years ago called It's In the Wheel. And I wrote a booklet. Does anybody remember that? Some of you shaking your head. I don't know if y'all still have your booklet. I wrote a booklet with an index of every, I forgot how many, 13, 14, 15 topics. Promises to your lost children, your healing, your peace, your joy. I got it all marked out. And written down. And I've had that thing out lately. As a matter of fact, my wife's going through something right now with her lips. And we're having to revert back to taking the sword to fight this thing. Now, I have brought you to this place today, and I'm closing. To where if you need the ammunition to be able to put a, draw your sword and fight your circumstances, I'll provide it for you next week. But you're going to have to sign up. It's like a little book. There's a mini sermon in front of it that I preached. I put the mini sermon in front of it, and then you can go bam, bam. You can take this book in your prayer closet, open it up, and memorize these scriptures that have to do with what you're going through. And most every topic I got in there is probably something you're dealing with. But this Bible says you got to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and you got to retaliate against your enemy if you're going to start winning this battle. Last scripture and we're done. Verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's how you wield your sword is you got to start praying the word. Not just, oh God, let this devil get away from me. You got to start replacing that with the word of God and what it says about your situation. Amen. So my question to you, are you ready to take your stand? My job as your pastor is to equip you to be a winner. I can't be a winner for you. And for three weeks, I have equipped you, amen, to be a fighter. The question is, are you going to get off your lazy behind and start working out and then start going to war? Can I tell you something? You need to do it first for your individual self. And then God's trying to build a church that starts doing it for the community outside them church doors right there. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.